You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good morning, Calvary Baptist Church. It's good to see you and good to be with you again. Um, We're continuing our series through the book of Philippians, looking uh, verse by verse through this amazing book, and in doing so, hopefully gleaning some new truth. Let's let's look at Philippians 1, 3 through 6. We're talking today about a vision for gospel partnership. It says this, Paul's writing to the church at at Philippi, which we learned some about last week. says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that you began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So it's a short passage, including, by the way, one of probably uh, the verses that if you've been a believer for a while, you actually memorize. So we're, a lot of us might be familiar with Philippians 1, 6. I think it was among the first five verses I memorized as a new believer. Um, and so we'll walk through this together because Paul's relationship with the Philippians grew out of his experiences that we talked about last week in Acts 16. He loved the church. He speaks much of the joy he shares with them and more. So when we look at the text itself, right, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. We see very early a thankfulness that's there. Always, every prayer of mine, all right, so for you, making my prayer with joy. Uh, why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then that verse we have memorized, I am sure of this, that you began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, um, so again, we live today in a time of division, strife, and outrage. And how do we come together for Christ in such a tumultuous time? It takes a vision, I believe, for gospel partnership. And his, in his greeting, Paul describes the partnership in the gospel that he had with the church at Philippi. He's looking back with gratitude, upward and joyful prayer around to their gospel partnership, and forward in hope, confident that God would accomplish his plans for them all. And I love that. So we're going to talk talk today about a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude and joyful prayer, looking to the future with hope in God. Isn't that a great reminder for us? Here we are at Calvary Baptist Church. For those of you who are watching online, maybe not familiar with our situation, we're actually a, uh, a, a church on a sojourn, right? We have, uh, we have the church has literally left the building and in God's providence and God's timing, we'll be meeting soon gathered and physically gathered electronically now, but one day with feet and faces in a place that's not their own, but in doing so, trusting Lord, because trusting the Lord, because we're a motley team of gospel journeyers doing these things together, looking forward to the future with hope in God. So we're going to look at a few things today. So first, number one, is, well, I want you to notice how they look backward, how Paul looks backward in gratitude. Somebody should hear me say he or they, but because it's Paul and Timothy who wrote the book. So they look backward. Remember, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude, and that's going to be a backward look. It says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. This is, again, Philippians 1.3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. 
Uh, so Paul and Timothy give thanks when they remember what God has done in the past. But he, again, he's, 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 um, find out later there's some divisions and difficulties in the church, but he's still giving thanks. Paul faced imprisonment, struggle when he came there, but his memory was of giving thanks. And this is so typical of Paul in the churches that he planted, right? Think of uh, Colossians 1.3, which says, We always thank God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Or Ephesians 1.6, it says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Or 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. You're seeing a theme by now. Or 1 Corinthians 1.14, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. So in a sense, throughout the scriptures, we're commanded to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you know, give thanks always. Um, and we're given examples like these. But, you know, it's interesting because in recent years, there's actually been research that shows that gratitude is key to even our um, mental well-being. Uh, in one study published at the harvard.edu website on their health page, it says this. Uh, it's a psychologist. They asked participants to write a few sentences each week, just a few sentences focusing on particular topics. One group wrote about the things they were grateful for that happened that week. The second group wrote about the daily irritations or things that had displeased them. They had grievances to air. Um, and so, and the third wrote about events that affected them with no emphasis being positive or negative. So after 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives. And surprisingly, they exercised um, more and fewer visits uh, to physicians than who those who focuses on sources of aggravation. So it's interesting, right? Uh, they, they, they exercise more, they exercise more, excuse me, and had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. Leading researcher in the field, uh, his name is Segelman, actually he's a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, tested the impact of this uh, on 411 people compared with a, <laughs> with a control group, uh, writing early memories when what they found is uh, when they went back to thank people for the kindness they had done, that they had a greater, longer lasting benefit. So here's the thing I want you not to miss, right? Um, Calvary Baptist Church, for those of you who are part of this church family, you know that it's kind of a weird time. That's kind of a weird time. So I was talking to uh, I was talking to some of your leaders, and uh, there, are no, there are no roadmaps here. There are no examples here. Well, this is how somebody did the exact same thing before. It's a fascinating time. Nobody's seen the future except God who lives there and who dwells in his goodness and has a plan for us. Um, so this vision for gospel partnership, one way it could be is by marked by gratitude. And if you, and I hope you do, if you actually look at the um, church webpage from time to time, which I encourage you to do, you'll actually see on the church website, a, a walk through Calvary's history, which tells the, tells the story about how when uh, Pastor Houghton was there, that it was actually right around this time, a transition out, that the church actually met in a different building. There was a fraternal society that they rented the facility from. Fun fact, um, that facility uh, would later become a studio that would produce some famous songs. Um, uh, and, and, and so it still sits this day now. It's a residential building. But the church actually was buildingless before. And you know what happened? God was faithful. And God was good. And so when we look to where we are now, we can say, I thank my God in remembrance of you all. We can look back in gratitude 
for uh, decades upon decades of history where God's providence has been evidence in Calvary Baptist Church. God's got a plan. He had a plan. He's been showing us his plan. He's been kind of unrolling his plan little by little as if a scroll unrolls. We know that he has a plan. It's going to be exceeding abundantly beyond all we might ask or think. So don't think that this is the first time that Calvary Baptist Church has been um, building lists, but it's still people-filled. You're engaged today because of your love for the gospel. So what, let's, with gratitude, look back with what God has done in the past at this church. Let's look back with what God has done faithfully in our lives. Times when we thought, what's going to happen? This is a hard time for many of us, let alone church building related. This is a hard time for many people. I've got a daughter. We're having conversations about whether she's going to be going off to college in the fall. We're not sure the college is going to be having in-person classes. We, I've got another daughter who's launching her career in, in music and opera and is unsure what that means. All kinds of these things. Uh, there brings a lot of challenge and anxiety, but we know that this is not a surprise to God, and we know we can look back with gratitude to say God has brought us through many, many things. A vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude. That's that look back, joyful prayer, looking to the future with hope in God. So that leads to number two, right? If we started with number one, now we're going to move on to number two. Number one, to remind you, is looking backward in gratitude. Number two is looking upward in joyful prayer. Love this concept here, right? It says this, let's just continue through the text. It, it continues to speak in verse three, where it, sa- it reads, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in prayer of, made, uh, in, excuse me, always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all, making my prayer with joy. Verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So prayer, obviously with joy, was an essential part of Paul's follow-up with churches that he had seen one, where he went to Christ, a, we talked about this last week, a, uh, a rich businesswoman, a demon-possessed slave girl, um, and a suicidal jailer. Now, we're not 100, we don't get the full story of all of them, particularly the demon-possessed slave girl whose the demon was cast out. So we don't get the full story. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they then become part of the motley team that forms this church. This, hence, they were recorded in Acts 16. But just to remind you, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude. That's that look back. And then prayer, that's that look up, a look up in joyful prayer. And a vision for gospel partnership, again, that's marked by gratitude and joyful prayer, look, looks forward to the future with hope in God. Now, I want you not to miss this because there's a beautiful connection between gratitude and joy. Even people even see this in kind of the, the secular world and in, in outside of maybe church space. Um, and Brene Brown has become very popular today and people have different thoughts and I'm not endorsing everything she says, but, but I do think it's interesting. Um, let me just read a quote from her writing. This is from the gifts of imperfection. It says, cause even, even people outside of, 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 of the, the church, um, the church you might not be connected with, see this. It says this, one of the most profound changes in my life happened when I got my head around the relationship between gratitude and joy. Think about this, right? Was we're looking back in gratitude, looking upward in joyful prayer. I always thought that joyful people were grateful people. I mean, why wouldn't they be? They have all the goodness to be grateful for. But after spending countless hours collecting stories about joy and gratitude, three powerful patterns emerged. Without exception, she says, every person I interviewed who described living a joyful life or described themselves as joyful actively practiced gratitude and attributed their joyfulness to their gratitude practice. Both, I think both joy and gratitude were described as spiritual practice, 
practices that were bound in belief to a human interconnectedness and a power greater than us. Now, again, I don't really know much about where Rene Brown is spiritually. So let me just say that, but here's what I know. That's right on. And when Paul writes, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. Now, New York times bestselling authors are seeing always in every prayer of mine, making uh, for you all, making my prayer with joy, seeing the connection between gratitude and joy. So again, let's not miss the beauty of this picture as we're walking through this. Number one, looking backward in gratitude. Remember, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude and joyful prayer. Looking forward, looking to the future with hope in God. That's number one, looking back in gratitude. Uh, number two, looking upward in, prayer, in joyful prayer. That's key, looking upward in joyful prayer. Number three, right? We're going to get to that, but remember the key, right? Look at this passage again. Always in every prayer of mine, it says, always in every prayer of mine for you all, which by the way, I noticed a couple of you were from the South. I'm, I'm, I lived in the South for a while, but I know that when you're from the South, you see you all, which proves that maybe I, I, someone had a Baylor shirt last time during our Q&A afterwards. So there you go. You could see the you all in there. Every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. But then it doesn't end there, right? It, number three, look around in partnership right? It says we're looking around in partnership. And so Paul you can Timothy, you can see them looking around and saying, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, they're not just generically thankful, though you could be generically thankful. I'm thankful for much of my family that I have wonderful relationships with. I, I grew up in a non-Christian home. I'm thankful that I have a relationship with my family members who don't know the Lord. So that's not the only place I'm thankful, but there's a deep gratitude I look around in partnership, right? And I, my desire is, is that gospel partnership with impact even my family who don't know the Lord. So I share the gospel with them and, and pray for others to share the gospel with them because I'm joyful and filled of gratitude because of this partnership in the gospel because Jesus has people everywhere, right? So Paul, interestingly, mentions the gospel nine times in the book of Philippians. We're going to see that a lot as we go through even the next few weeks. It says the gospel is proclaimed in chapter 1, verse 15 and 17, defended in chapter 1, verse 16, advanced by Christian witness in chapter 1, verse 12, chapter 2, verse 22, right? So the gospel, we're looking around and seeing this gospel, beautiful gospel partnership. Because remember, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude, looking back, joyful prayer, looking up, uh, looking to the future, right? Right, looking and looking future and hope in God. So we're still looking around in this gospel partnership. Now, again, it's a beautiful thing. For us, you remember in Acts 16, this is where this gospel partnership begins. Remember the Motley team I talked about last week, a rich businesswoman, a delivered uh, slave girl, a suicidal jailer. Well, that's partnership. That's partnership and providence right there. God at work, gospel-centered work taking place. Now, I want you not to miss this because for too many of us right now, we want to recognize the partnership with the gospel is that kind of loving fellowship, and it is, something that we miss, something that we need. We need to get to the place where we can gather together again, something that this provides for us in the meantime through online means and resources and our dialogue that we'll have after the service tomorrow. I hope you'll join us, uh, uh, our dialogue after the service, and I hope you'll join us in that conversation. And after that, the day after continuing to build relationships as small groups, Sunday night, all these activities are going on. So what do we do? We got to recognize that our gospel, partnership in the gospel, is from the first day until now, which leads us to number four, which is really going to spend a little more time than some of the others. You may think, hey, we're going pretty quickly through points one, two, and three. 
well, how do you get to Philippians 1.6 and not like take a pause and just stay there? Uh, if we, if we, depends upon, you know, I, I tend to slow preach, kind of slow walk through books of the Bible when I preach. Uh, if I was slower preaching, I'd actually just do verse six on its own because it, it deserves its own focus. Let's take a look at it, right? It says this, it says, and I am sure of this, love that certainty. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I don't know, man, I memorized this. I came to Christ uh, in early in youth group. Um, my mother was a brand new believer. She had actually come to Christ uh, on Long Island. My sister rode a bus to a church in Westbury. My mom came to Christ. Uh, and then later I came to Christ when we moved to Florida. In youth, early teens, my mother made me go to a thing, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, turned turned to Christ, didn't know exactly what that meant, but was born again by the power of the Holy Spirit and was changed. Now, um, I memorized this verse early on. I am sure of this, that you began a good work in me. I remember the day who began a good work in me, August 13th, who began a good work in me, uh, would bring it to completion. He's still bringing it. He's still working it. Still, I am not done. I God is still working in my life. I'm sure and I'm confident. I'm sure of this, that you began a good work in me on that day right, is now bringing it to completion, still working, still working in me. Why? How can this be? How can Paul be sure and convinced and persuaded that their salvation will be carried on to completion? Because this is God's work. God gives Christians, the one in whom he began this work, the Holy Spirit, as what the Bible calls a down payment of our future inheritance. The idea here is kind of of earnest money. Holy Spirit is the earnest payment, the guarantee that our salvation will be carried on to completion. Salvation is God's work, not our work. You know, the thing we bring to our salvation is our sin, right? God gives us new life, makes us alive. We respond to him by grace and through faith. So Paul's not confident in himself, keeping himself in the faith. He's confident that the one who saved him will keep him. That's this partnership in providence. In his providence, God has saved me. In saving me, he will continue to save me in Christ. See, the gospel and understanding the gospel is not, is not the start of the marathon, right? It's not like, okay, now I'm a Christian. No, it's the gospel and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the track. It's the finish line as well. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, okay? So it's all God's work, and we're looking forward in hope. I don't want you to miss that. So let's break it down, right? First, God began that work. God began that work. This is an outline inside my sub-outline, letter A. God began that work. Those of you who are organized like I am, you, some, some people like to do things differently. Some people like kind of a, a very one, two, three. That's kind of more me. So you have to forgive me if that's not who you are. But you'll, you can put up with me because I do like to illustrate with some stories. Um, but for those of you like that, you'll kind of like, I got one, two, three, four, and now I got A, B, C. So they're all kind of built out there. So uh, letter A is God began the work. Again, verse six, the first part, he who began a good work in you. Now, if you're watching today, maybe you're, maybe you're a guest, maybe a friend and watch, watch you or you saw a like on Facebook. Look, can I just encourage you, by the way, if you haven't done so already, like and share if you're watching this on Facebook uh, or whatever it means you're doing. Take a, take a moment and share that so your friends and your neighbors can see what we're talking about. This is a great message to actually hear about God's providence and his work in our lives. Because first, God began this work. He who began a good work in you. And what I want to say to you is if you've not yet come to the place where you know that and are sure, like Paul is, that God has begun a good work in you, I want to invite you to respond to the good news of the gospel by grace and through faith to say, and maybe you're watching this because somebody did like and share this. Maybe you're watching this Thursday of next week. 
Can I just tell you that you watched that? Someone liked and shared this because they were bold enough that they wanted you to know. So if you saw this on someone else's page, you can reach out to them and say, how did, how did Jesus begin a good work in you? Because the picture here is beautiful. He who began a good work in you, right? So, so the work has begun. God has begun. He has a partnership, if you will. Uh, Paul and Timothy are being used by God. Um, but Paul, Paul and Timothy have a partnership with the Philippians, but God began the work in them. And we know that because of passages like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved. Through faith, this is not your own. It's a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man may boast. So again, if you're watching because a friend passed this on to you, let me just tell you that all the religious things you do, I grew up in a tradition that taught me if I tried harder, if I, if I was religious enough, that maybe my good would outweigh my bad on the scales of eternity. But actually, the picture that Jesus gives, and I just want to give you the picture Jesus gives, not tradition, not, not man-made rules, for by grace you've been saved. Jesus died on the cross for your sin and in your place. And if you don't know that, someone who shared this with you can help you or reach out to the phone number that we've posted as well. And we'd be happy to answer your questions. Email us, engage us here at Calvary Baptist Church, and we are here to help. Now, why does that matter? Because I got a birthday. Uh, it's coming up. It's September 2nd, by the way. And I got a rebirth day. It's August 13th. And I want to encourage you to have a birthday and a rebirth day because Christianity is not about turning over a new leaf, trying harder. Maybe you're in a tough time, so you watch this video. It's not about turning over a new leaf. It's actually about receiving new life. This is so key, right? If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you have been changed by the power of the gospel. So here's a way, another way to put this. In God's providence, God has saved me. That's why sometimes you hear people use the word saved, and you might wonder, what does that mean? Um, it means to be born again. It means to have a fresh start with God. In his providence, God has saved me. He's saving me. We're going to talk about that in a second. And he will save me fully in Christ. Let's, let's go on to that. Let's look at number two, because God brings us through. So I'm not, I'm not finished with what God's doing in my life. It started on an August 13th. It continues today. It continues each and every day. And so it does with you if you're a follower of Jesus. It says he will bring it to completion. He's still bringing it. You know, God's bringing it. Um, and there's a great passage in Galatians 3.3. Don't start one way. Are you so foolish? Have you begun by the spirit that you are now being perfected by the flesh? No, 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 no. You want to hear the words, we'll bring it to completion. You want to hear that God brings us through. God brings us through. I don't know. You're probably like me. You start projects and you don't finish. I know, I know that's the case that I do. Um, I just want to not forget that God has called me in his goodness to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, understanding more deeply the gospel day by day by day by day. So the end result is I grow in him. And that's what Paul's sure about. Paul is sure and the Philippian believers in the church at Philippi, the Christians there, maybe that rich businesswoman that delivered slave girl and that uh, suicidal jailer, he's sure, whoever's there, because by then it'd be more people, whoever's there, he's sure that he who began a good work in you, and I'm sure he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Again, that's so key. Remember again, in his providence, God has saved me. He is saving me day to day and he will save me in Christ. All those are sure, not because what I've done, right? Don't, don't you know, see those commercials? Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Don't try to up-religious yourself, right? Let God be at work in you. We're not saved by grace than to live out and works and do it all on our own. So again, don't miss what we're seeing here, right? God began this work, right? God brings us through. This is God's process. And uh, again, back to the passage, right? For Romans 5.10 says, 
for Israel while, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. The saving life of Christ is a uh, phrase that many Christians sort of use. It's the saving life of Christ. I am living in light of the truth that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and in my place. God raised him from the dead. He is alive. He is risen, we'll say together next Easter, and hopefully more than that as well. But reconciled, don't miss this here. We were reconciled as in the past tense. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, right? Much more now that we are reconciled, past tense, shall we be saved, that's present, ongoing right now by his life. You're saved by Jesus' death, but you're being saved day by day from Jesus' life. Rest in the beauty of that, because if you forget this, uh, fail to be grateful, stop praying for one another, you can quickly become angry religious people, and that's not God's plan for us either. Uh, Letter C in our sub-points here is God will finish what he started. God will finish what he started. We actually call this glorification, right? This is, if the last point was sanctification, matter of fact, let me just go on a theological journey here, right? It's justification is how I am born again, right? It's just as if I'd never sinned, right? So justification comes where God begins the journey. God began the work justification, right? Then God brings us through that sanctification, making us more like Jesus, right? And then that's glorification. God will finish. God will complete to the completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And on that day, we long for that day. I long for that day. Boy, this has been a tough time. Maybe not for everybody, but for me, this has been a tough few months, right? I long for the time when all, every tear is dried, every injustice is made right. And as I long for that, I know when he appears, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is, 1 John 3, 2 says. So I don't want you to miss the beauty of this, right? The encouragement here, is that in God's goodness, we look to Paul and he's, he's and Paul and Timothy and they're writing to the church at Philippi. And, and you look at the fullness of what they say, God will bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. Now, let me encourage you real simple where we started. Remember, we went through a series of points right at the beginning. Let's go back to the big outline, right? So looking backward in gratitude. Remember, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude and joyful prayer looking forward, looking to the future with hope in God. So we start by looking backward in gratitude. And let's do that as Calvary Baptist Church. In a time when we are a buildingless, we are not Christless. In a time when we are locationless, we are not Holy Spiritless. So let's look backward in gratitude with confidence that God's brought Calvary Baptist Church to times when we didn't even have a facility through times in the Great Depression times in war and God's been faithful. He'll, he'll remain faithful. Let's look backward in gratitude. That gives us and, and strengthens even the core of our being and our souls, looking backward in gratitude. Uh, number two, looking upward in joyful prayer. Joyful prayer, connected to gratitude, right? Always in my every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. So right now, let's trust the Lord. He's got a plan. Let's react in joy, knowing that he's got us. He's holding us in the palm of his hand, looking around in partnership, right? Your partnership in the gospel. Right now, all across, I got to see a map of a, uh, uh, that Jim, your elder, sent me. Uh, I think it was Jim or Todd. Somebody sent me, my apologies, uh, looking at the geocode of where you're located. It's beautiful to see because all around there's gospel outposts all around the boroughs of the city and all around even beyond out into the island and out into 
New York and, 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 and New Jersey and Connecticut and more. Uh, there's gospel people. Jesus has people everywhere. Jesus has people of Calvary Baptist in all kinds of places. Look around in gospel partnership. Be strengthened by that reality and look forward in hope. Number four, look forward in hope. Why? He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion till the day of Christ Jesus. Again, a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude and joyful prayer, looking to the future with hope in God. So there's multifaceted applications of this, right? One of the reasons I wanted to pick Philippians for our time together here at, uh, at Calvary Baptist was because it's a beautiful book about gospel partnership in a time when we need to be reminded of that. But it's also a beautiful book about the gospel. And let me just remind you that God is in control. None of what's happened is a surprise to him. He's walking with us as we go through this because he's working in us. I want you to miss that, right? Don't miss that the God is in control. So yeah, it's about partnership. It's about the gospel and it's about joy. So if today you lack joy in your life, can I just tell you the way to find joy is not to get to the other side of your problems. I don't want to be, I don't want to have problems. I don't want to have difficulties, neither do you, but problems don't have to rob our joy. They might impact our happiness because happiness comes from the same root word as happenstance and your circumstance and your happenstance will impact your happiness. But your relationship with Jesus is the foundation of your joy. So I want you to walk in joy no matter what your circumstance, because I've seen people who are struggling with cancer, who are near death, who had joy in Christ. And I've seen people who won the lottery and were miserable and couldn't walk in joy. Can I just tell you, God's goodness is the foundation for our joy. So we have to respond. If you're not a follower of Jesus, respond by grace and through faith. Call us at the number we've listed. Uh, contact with us as well. Uh, after the message a little later today, maybe you have questions about what I've talked about. Stick, stick around. We're going to do a, a live Zoom chat as well. I want to invite you. And I just want to remind you that a vision for gospel partnership is marked by gratitude and joyful prayer, looking to the future with hope in God. Pray with me. Father, I do pray that you would be at work in us and through us at Calvary Baptist Church, Lord, that you would open our hearts to the joy that you have for us, that you give us a greater passion for the gospel that is here so evident in the book of Philippians. And ultimately, Lord, you pull us together as a partnership at Calvary Baptist Church, reminding us to look back in gratitude that we've been through challenging times and God has been faithful and he'll be faithful now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for this grace partnership marked with gratitude and joyful prayer. We look to the future with hope in you. For it's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. For more information, to connect, make a prayer request, or make a contribution, go to our website at www.cbcnyc.org or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.